Hello and welcome to the Refreshing Change podcast. My name is Nicola Scott and I will be your host. Michelle, thank you so much for joining me on the Refreshing Change podcast. I'm so excited to have you on. You and I have shared our kind of coaching journey along a similar timeline. We trained together and we've gone off and done our own thing. And I love that, you know, we check in every now and again with each other. And I'm so excited you're here. So are you happy to share a bit of your background, who you are, what your journey's been like um, for the benefit of the listeners? That'd be great. Hi, Nicola. Of course I am. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me on to your podcast. Uh, really, really nice to connect with you. And um, yeah, as you say, we have a, a real shared journey um, via coaching. So my name is Michelle Ryan or Shell, as you know me and everyone um, who knows me refers to me as Shell unless I'm in trouble. Then it's usually Michelle. Um, but I um, I'm Irish, as you can probably tell from my accent. And I am the founder of The Holistic Leaders. So the Holistic Leaders, I am um, a conscious business coach and um, I've been running this business for just over a year now. And I work with business leaders, business owners, founders and entrepreneurs um, on their their personal and their business journeys. And um, as you can tell by the name, the Holistic Leaders, I do this from a holistic perspective. So for me, leadership needs to be um, to embody body, mind and soul, you know, um, as we as we focus on our businesses. And I feel like this is very much the the, the way, uh, you know, that leadership should be, um, you know, in this current age. Um so prior to that, I was I was in London for a very long time. I was a leader in a very corporate sector. Um, I was in sales. Um, so I think we share some similar traits and backgrounds. Um, it's very male dominated. And I experienced leadership in a very, very different way. I experienced life in a very different way to what I'm experiencing at the moment. But it was all go, go, go. It was amazing. But um, there were a lot of lessons learned there. And that is really what I bring to my own coaching is my own past experience, you know, a decade and a half in London and, um, you know, bringing, I suppose, the the knowing that I have and the mistakes that I that I've um, made and learned through. And I bring that into my coaching so that people aren't experiencing the the burnout and the stress and all these things that come with leadership so it's a little bit of me I could keep going Nicola but I'm nice (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna dive into some of those good juicy topics anyway through some of the questions so we'll we'll definitely definitely come back to that thank you um obviously with the refreshing change podcast I ask all my guests this question um one of the things I'm most passionate about with my coaching is is helping people create change but change that feels good to them it's not forced it's in alignment it gives them good energy but what does change mean to you Shell? like what how is it showing up in your life how do you feel about it what's what's your take on change mm-hmm. yeah um great question so I mean it's really multifaceted if you mm. were to flick through my photo album you'd say this girl has no problem with change because yeah. I have had every <laughs> style haircut and hair color as you know in, in over the years so there's parts you know where I am so so open to change I'm mm. very I can be quite impulsive um and I can yeah I can just make a decision and go with it um but again it yeah it has to feel good it has to feel good and 
um, change, it needs to come from, it, it needs to be whole bodied, I think. And mm. this is back to, and that aligns so well with, you know, how I work the body, mind and soul. And when change feels good, you know that it's it's all three are working and they're, it's all saying yes. It's all saying go in this direction, whether that's, you know, a new job or, um, you know, bleaching your hair, whatever it may be. It needs to feel full. It needs to feel whole. Um, but it's interesting in that, you know, despite the fact that I because I've questioned myself when um, when I thought about this. And I thought, I'm yes, I'm very open to change, but not not fast change and not unsure change either. So, for example, when I was in my previous career, I knew that I wanted to leave the corporate world um, at the end of there was a little inclination there. But, you know, it was kind of an inconvenient truth to me because I was earning fantastic money. Um, I actually really liked my job. I loved my team. Mm -hmm. um, so this was probably the end of 2018. And it, it's a rocky road, you know, if you're in a business um, and in an industry that long. But really, in those last four years, I, I really did love it. And um, sometimes moving away from something that you actually still love, that's much harder than than moving away from something that that you've grown to hate or, mm. you know, grown away from. But I knew. I knew I had to leave that role and, you know, because there was, there was just this point, um, I knew that I guess my, my soul's purpose was no longer there. I had started becoming much more aware as a person myself through the coaching journey um, and through breath work and through yoga. I really went on a journey with that. And all of a sudden this, this awareness came in and I realized that I was being a little bit of a fraud by being in London and being in sales and I was still doing well but but it, it wasn't in alignment anymore and you know what it took me a full two years um, Nicola to leave that role um, I wanted to do it honorably I wanted to make sure the business I was leaving behind was you know in in a good position um, but a lot of it I'll be honest was for me you know I said oh I'm staying here for the business but it was really me I'm sure there was that fear of stepping in to the unknown the fear of leaving the salary the fear of a big thing was actually the recognition I had become very attached to you know I was a, a director of a business in the city of London and I'm just you know a really regular girl from a tiny village um, in County Limerick in Ireland so I kind of you know I got attached to this thing that I was and this label um probably from a little you know insecure place you know this little seven-year-old that and I just thought who am I without this mm. um so I had to really do the work on that so it's quite a long answer but in terms of change you know it's such it, it's a very interesting question and in some ways I'm open to it and you know I'm on that flight and I'm you know but then in other ways I have to be I have to feel safe I needed to feel that sort of financial safety that psychological safety that mm. and almost it is you know the I had to speak to the ego I think I had to let my ego know it was going to be safe you know in the next move because yeah the ego showed up big time when I was mm. making that decision so yeah so a bit a bit of both Nicola would change but I love change I do love change because I just it indicates growth um expansion um and I just think everything, you know, what what is that saying? The only constant is change. Is mm. that I always mess quotes yeah. up, <laughs> but, but it's and I just think if we can embrace change 
and accept change. Oh, life can be just so beautiful, even if it's change that's not chosen by us. Mm -hmm. If you can accept that it's happening, life is a lot easier. Let's let's be honest. Yeah, I love that. And I love, you know, I love that you went into that because I think you're um, bang on around observing all of those things that were coming up for you when you were going to leave your job, you know, the fear and the ego and and sitting with that and doing the work to overcome that because I hear a lot in kind of the personal development space around you know that thought about fear the feel the fear and do it anyway but I do think we just I suppose my opinion is we 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 can have those emotions but if we don't ever do the work to process them then another barrier or another hurdle or like you say it won't be in alignment or we'll go after something that's not truly connected or doesn't fully satisfy or fulfill us so I love that you sat with it and did the work and then went into that space and mm-hmm and left your job the other thing I loved of what you said around about change moving away from something you love Mm -hmm. because often I think people think of changes moving away from the bad actually change can also be let's take it to another level whatever that is whether it's relationships or work or career or family life things can be going well and we still want Mm -hmm. to seek more joy or more happiness or more fulfillment so I love that and I probably resonate with that in my own journey I loved what I did I was good at what I did I'd been in the industry 10 years it didn't light my soul on fire mm-hmm. and at the time which is the end and I don't know if this resonates with you Shell but at the time I thought it probably did I was like mm-hmm. it gives me lots of joy I knew there's particular elements of my job that I enjoyed more than others and I leaned into more of them in the latter years but it's not until I stepped away and started coaching that I was like like I've untapped this whole other new level of joy that I didn't know Mm -hmm. I could access before Mm -hmm. so I do think that's really powerful message for people that change doesn't need to just be moving away from the bad stuff that you don't want it could be here's all this other stuff that I want to elevate in my life or like you said Mm -hmm. expand and and grow into I love Mm -hmm. that Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, I think. And even as you were just chatting there, I just thought just the word alignment kept coming in because, Mm. you know, sometimes we think we're moving away from that. So I wasn't moving away from that because I wanted more money or a bigger time. I moved away from it and I was effectively unemployed and I went straight into (laughs) straight into a pandemic, you know, so I moved from having everything to overnight having nothing you know it but it was an intentional thing I didn't know the pandemic was was about to happen one week later mind you but it was you know I just knew at um so it wasn't even kind of I suppose at a human level it was at this kind of it was at the soul level it was at Mm. the spirit level that I knew and I think that's kind of what you're alluding to yourself it's just that craving the alignment um so craving a lot less of so many things but craving more more alignment and more purpose you know and um yeah it's 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 a tough it's a tough thing to do especially when on paper you literally have it all you know but um yeah it takes a bit of convincing you know your yourself versus yourself but I'm very very glad I made the decision you know even though it's been tough at times it was definitely the right thing to do Mm, yeah I think it's it's leaning into what yeah what truly lights you up isn't it and I think Mm -hmm. um just to touch on the I suppose the time because you spoke about a decade and a half in the city and I was a decade in in the sports development sector in that space I think the longer you're at something almost the harder it is to make the change you know and a lot of people and I don't know if you got this as well but 
when I left my job, a lot of people said, oh, that was really courageous or really brave mm -hmm. or really bold. And I hadn't processed it like that because I just thought, well, I'm stepping into something. I've no idea if it's going to work, but I just I feel like I'm being called to go and live out my purpose and help people. Mm -hmm. That's what I was passionate about. But I could have easily been at, the, at that job I was in for another decade, quite easily. So it, it's that thought about, I suppose you are the one to enable the change, isn't it? So it is about, I suppose, being courageous and bold, but knowing that whatever time has passed, it may make it harder because you've got all those connections. Mm -hmm. And like you said, you felt almost in not indebted. You didn't use that word. So I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you mm -hmm. felt like you wanted to make sure the company was in a great yeah. position when you let, you know, so I think the the longer people are in a situation, it is harder to make the change sometimes, but mm -hmm. it doesn't mean it's not possible. Mm. Yeah. yeah yeah no abs oh. absolutely <laughs> good I knew this would happen I just get it I love recording these podcasts they're very selfish of me to do this because I just love getting into the good chat with people Fascinating. oh good <laughs> um Shell so you said and I, and I looked up your Instagram before to know, to figure out the official title but you said conscious business coach so I want you to just, for the benefit of the listeners and myself, like, yeah, talk to me about what that means to you and, and how, I suppose, how you run your business and what is you're doing with people. Yeah, absolutely. So um, some people, sometimes I'll say I'm a holistic coach or a holistic business coach, but um, the holistic leaders tells you that. OK, so the conscious business coach title, it gives another layer to to how I work and to who I work with. So I don't. I hope I'm not in my own echo chamber with this, but I'm sure you've noticed leadership is changing, um, Nicola, mm. you know, maybe not at the, um, you know, the at the political level, at the speed of which it needs. But I'm sure, you know, the, um, you know, it, it, leadership is changing and the type of businesses that are you know coming to the fore and the world needs this change. There is no doubt about that. And. You know, historically, you know, leadership would have been considered a very sort of mind based, strategic, data driven role. And but now there's much there's a movement much towards like towards empowered, successful business owners and leaders. And they are deeply conscious and self-aware humans mm. and they are running conscious um, businesses that are centered around people and purpose as well as profit. Now. I work with these business founders, leaders, entrepreneurs, you know, so they are the ones who want to bring, they want to be the, the change makers, you know, they want to, um, they want to shift the paradigm. They want to bring good into the world as well as having a profitable, financially viable business. This is absolutely crucial because otherwise the business isn't going to survive and it doesn't get to bring its goodness to the world. So that is super important. Um, so, with these leaders, you know, I take um, they, they're taking they're, they want to be conscious business leaders. I then when I'm working with them, coaching them, I take a holistic approach. So they want to develop their own intuition. They don't just want to be using their their beautiful minds to make decisions. They want to be very holistic. They want to be deeply aligned and authentic um, and, you know, intuitively led with their decision making as well. So I do a lot of development around that. Um, so for a conscious business leader to exist, they need to have deep levels of self-awareness and um, they need to do the work first on themselves before they can then 
you know, that ripple effect before they can expand that into their business, to their teams, to their communities, within their own families, because I believe leadership isn't just in your business. If you choose the conscious leadership route or you choose to be a holistic leader, this is your life. You know, these you are living by certain values and, um, you, you know, you're living and running your business with, you know, a high level of empathy and integrity. Um, so my focus look we're always working towards outcomes this is what coaching is about you know so they want to have profitable businesses um but they also want to have great lives you know they want to what i found is that if we are if we're all heart no head then we have beautiful ideas and beautiful dreams for how we want to change the world and you know we're dreaming of projects but never gets on the shelf you know it never comes to fruition but if we're complete you know so that's all great you know you've got the heart and the intention and all the all the will in the world but then on the other side you can be all mind-based all data all strategy so you can get the work done but actually there I've seen this over and over again and I was one of these leaders as well achieving amazing things on paper and being completely and utterly disconnected from it so all of these goals have been hit and then you're just going home feeling okay I actually feel nothing from that that achievement that's just happened so what I do with my clients is let's get them both working together you know so if they're naturally more mind-based I start encouraging to come into their heart and their intuition and their soul if they're very heart centric as an entrepreneur then I'm actually helping them to come in and be more strategic Mm -hmm. you know so ultimately you know it is it is that collective goal and it is coming back to let's be conscious business owners but before we can do that we need to be holistic leaders we need to be body mind and soul in the decisions that we're making um so yeah that's that's kind of the the conscious business coach so i am working to have other leaders be more conscious um and holistic in how they're working themselves so i hope that explains it does that make sense (laughs) yeah absolutely i love all that and i think you're you're bang on we said at the beginning around there's definitely a a shift and i can see it you know even with them you know, when you said about people, putting people on purpose ahead of, you know, profits are important, but that's almost the tagline for, you know, people becoming a B corporation and the number, the, the, I see it everywhere now. It's like that thing if someone says, oh, think of a red car and then all you see is red cars, you know, the B Corp became something that I was aware of. And then you start seeing it popping up everywhere, which is amazing that more and more businesses are moving. And I'd actually love to get your take on the pandemic affecting that because I do believe Mm. in this kind of post-pandemic world there's more I feel like employees have a bit more power and a bit Mm -hmm. more um you know they're setting their own boundaries and what they want from an you know from a work environment and it is much more about that holistic you know my Mm -hmm. life's important as well as you know I still have a job and I still need to earn money to live Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I do I've I don't I don't have any data or evidence I've just got this feeling about this big shift and I don't know I suppose do you see leaders trying to make that shift to being a conscious leader to catch up with the with with the market or are they kind of leading the way 
and then bringing employees with them what's your take very good question I think there's probably a bit of both Mm. um I think do you know what I love the younger generation I love I I feel like our we're kind of a a similar um age Nicola and I feel like we're kind of almost like that bridging generation Mm um we remember a life without technology but then technology has also played this huge part in our role we've probably all got mobile phones you know as teenagers kind of late teen years but we still remember the pre-technology era as well and I think obviously you know there's a lot of you know there's a lot of positives from tech there's a lot of negatives from tech but what I do love about this younger generation coming up is that they think the what we signed up for in terms of 60 hour work weeks 70 hour mm-hmm. work weeks they they look at that like smoking on a plane you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and I don't think they're wrong you know um I think this we you know the the pendulum has, has started swinging you know the pandemic took it the other way entirely but we were mm-hmm. everyone was working too hard um, we, I feel like we just had the balance wrong. Relationships were suffering. Cash was king, you know, and people realized actually, you know what? I, I don't actually need four holidays a year. Two would be great. And now actually, you know, let me just be more present in my life. So this, I suppose this hunger for more, I think really, really left a lot of people. And look there, everyone has a different um, story from the pandemic, you know, and for some, it was this beautiful time where they reconnected with themselves and their families and, you know, they reevaluated their entire lives. And I say all of this with respect because I know that this is not the case and was not the case for everyone. Um, but, you know, to focus on, I suppose, the question at hand, I think the pandemic really gave us a lot to think about. We had time. Um, we I think our nervous systems shifted, you know, if you um you know I'll I'll chat about, you know, nervous system regulation with my clients as well and helping them to understand, you know are they in fight or flight? And I mm. honestly, looking back, I was in, I think I was in fight or flight for 10 years in London. You know, I had a ball, Nicola, but I think I was genuinely, mm. genuinely running on adrenaline mm. and cortisol, you know, and I had the time of my life, but oh my God, if I'd stayed there another 10, I would have serious health difficulties, I think, because you can do it for so long, you yeah. know, and I just think we were all doing that and you can get away with it for so long, but you realise that your energy is, it's hormonal energy. It's not true true um vitality you know and I think people have realized that um what peace felt like um and I remember even and I was obviously preparing I'd left the corporates anyway but all of a sudden we were in this lockdown and I just remember feeling this sense of peace you know and I was like wow and I remember writing in my journal at the time is peace the new success you know because Mm -hmm. I was someone who had chased success my entire life you know and you know I I, and I I got I suppose some form of success it depends on what you believe success is but I realized actually you know in this period of my life you know peace is the new success and I couldn't have gotten there had I not gone through burning through the ego with everything I needed to achieve at a personal level in my 20s and 30s but you know this is the next iteration but I think I share that personal example because I feel like that has been probably you know that would sound very familiar to a lot of people who have who went through the pandemic and just came out the other side going you know what my values have shifted 
I seek connection. I seek peace. I don't necessarily seek bigger, faster, stronger, more. Um, and I saw that in friends. I saw that and I've witnessed that in clients. I've seen that in old colleagues from, you know, from the London days. So, yeah, I, I, I do think it, it that has played a massive part in it. I definitely agree with you there, Nicola. Mm. And you, you and it was no surprise you're going to keep using the word holistic. But I think it's another good mm. example, isn't it, where you can like you said you can do something for so long but then Mm -hmm. you know because I think the interesting bit with life is that it's so we want everything like Amazon Prime but it's like that (laughs) we want that instant um oh the the word's gone right in my head gratification yes instant gratification um but we can't then we're because we're living in that state we don't always see the long-term impact of things either so we think you know we're running on adrenaline week after week year after year but don't realize the impact it has maybe on our health or our emotional well-being or our relationships and then suddenly for a lot of people sometimes they don't realize until it all kind of blows up around them a little bit so it's it's Mm -hmm. I suppose taking back the the reins a bit of your own life isn't it and thinking like yeah yeah work is one aspect of what I do but it's not the entirety of who I am and what what else is going on in my life that that fulfills me in lots of other facets I suppose so yeah I find that really interesting interestingly when you said about bridging the generations I just listened to a I think it was a Stephen Bartlett podcast where he had Simon Sinek on chatting about that very thing about um I can't remember what the title of it was. I'll put it in the show notes. But it was about um, mm-hmm. like advice to the younger generation and exactly that, about how they show up in the workplace and their expectations versus the demands mm-hmm. or expectations from the business. And I think we're in this really weird time where it's it's not all quite settled yet and people are, mm-hmm. I suppose, using work uh, to fulfil different needs in their own life, I think is probably how mm-hmm. I would put it. So yeah. Uh, yeah, I just think that it is fascinating. If you're looking at leadership, Shelley, what you've touched on this a little bit of this already, but in your eyes, what makes a good mm-hmm. leader? Back to that word, a holistic mm-hmm. leader, you know, it's just I've just because um I've just seen how powerful this work is. And I just after I did the coaching, for, well, it all started with me receiving coaching from Ali, um, Alistair Gray, um, who trained both of us to be a coach, um, an amazing guy. Um, and then doing the coaching training um alongside you as well, understanding sort of the and, and receiving permission to actually bring all of myself to my leadership. Mm. That was the first step. And I because I'm what I've realized, like I'm super sensitive, um, Nicola, like I was the type of child I was out. I, I'm very religious as well when I was little. Um, I was, I've, I've, I've lost my religious way. But when I was little, I was very, very, um, very sensitive, very open. I was like finding kittens on the street and rescuing them. This is the type of kid I was like genuinely. Mm-hmm. And bit by bit by bit, like I think life toughened me up, school, you know, and then going to London, being in recruitment and bit by bit by bit. It's like this little, I just see this little armor, you know, and this little heart getting almost like, you know, like lime scale on a kettle, you know, just this <laughs> calcified. <laughs> and I was, look, I was always, I hope anyway, I was always perceived and received as, you know, warm and open, but I definitely, because of my job and letting people, you know, 
people not getting jobs, you know, because I was obviously in recruitment and I had to toughen up because I was, you know, the first while was just super, so hard, the rejection, constant rejection in that industry. And I think with London, with life, I thought I am going, I, I'm not going to live, I'm not going to survive this life unless I toughen up. And my God, I toughened up But in the process of that. I lost so much, you know, I lost sensitivity. I lost my sort of intuitive hits, um, you know, probably wasn't as it certainly wasn't as empathetic or compassionate as I would consider myself to be now. And it was just it was it was probably survival, you know, Um and it's, um, I suppose, through my own journey since, you know, 2016 from the coaching, I have just bit by bit by bit learned as a leader, you can be an embodied holistic leader. You know, you can be body, mind, soul. You can bring your joy and your passions to your work. You can, I don't know, you can you can move from the heart. You can let your gut make your decisions. Um, and you look, I'm not discounting the mind. The mind is wonderful, but we cannot be neck up leaders anymore. We cannot just use the mind. We are, you know, we have all of these beautiful elements and facets to ourselves. Use it, use it, because that's where we can be more powerful leaders and not powerful in the sort of uh, megalomaniac kind of way you know um so yeah that's to, to answer your question I think someone who can be holistic personally and then conscious when they bring that out into the world you know am I thinking of my people here am I thinking about um the purpose of the business my own purpose um as well as naturally the profit but these these elements have to coexist together because it's just not sustainable and yeah. it's it's not what the world needs right now the, the world needs holistic and the world needs conscious and yeah and I think that th those words need to be synonymous with leadership I feel moving forward and what does that transfer there's one um skill that kind of pops to my mind that I think when I think of a good leader like you're saying holistic mm -hmm. uh, and conscious there's one skill set that I think as coaches mm. you know is listening mm -hmm. what other like you know what would be the top two or three skills that because presumably there's a even though you're talking about being heart and head there's a kind mm -hmm. of um embodiment of I suppose like you said earlier values and um good morals and mm -hmm. but there's a skill set that I think a leader and correct me if I'm wrong but mm -hmm listening just popped into my mind and I wondered if there were two or three others that you would throw out there that here's the skill set that that good conscious holistic leaders mm -hmm. are fine-tuning over over time to to excel in that leadership role yeah absolutely I mean listening has to be has mm. to be number one doesn't it um and and you know active listening and mm, you know listening yeah. with not listening to respond or listening to you know deny the other person's position listening to listen you know um you know and listening to understand um to to feel heard by your leader is very very it's it's so important and it feels um empowering as an employee when mm -hmm. your leader is truly listening to you so absolutely you're spot on there and you know what I suppose as well um a leader a lot of what I've discussed are kind of the softer skills you know and kind of almost that feminine energy coming through in the leadership because I feel like sometimes the 
we know the the historic, you know, what makes a good leader. So I've, I suppose I've focused on, I suppose, the the new angle, um, which is the kind of the softer elements of leadership. But we still need strategies. You know, we can't. Mm-hmm. It's not all just light and love. And, you know, even in, in my coaching, it's not all light, light and love either. We need strategy. We need processes, we need a plan, we need a goal, we need a vision, you know, but then so it's really that combination, I think, whether it doesn't matter about gender, but when it comes to leadership that you are using your masculine energies and your feminine energies, whether you're male or female, you know, um, that you're bringing both of those um, to to the table and in their in their purest form, you know, the, 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 the masculine energies of sort of the, the strategizing and, and the planning and the visioning and the, you know, the forward momentum, and then the, the feminine energies of, you know, the trust and the collaboration and the compassion and the ease and the flow. And if you can get those working together um, and have your team on board with that, I mean, that's that's the dream, really, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, I love that. The new angle. Interestingly, I had um Rick Cooper, another coach on the podcast earlier on, I think it was season one he was on, and we'd been chatting about that um, thought, I suppose looking at, it was actually looking at genders around women trying to, um, what would be the word, like go after the success that a lot of male, you know, industry and corporate is still quite male dominated mm-hmm. um, and women trying to almost mirror what men had done to get to the top whereas actually that new angle you've just uh, described whether you're male or female it's just a completely different way of working it's a completely different um I suppose mindset to the whole thing isn't it because I do the whole point Rick and I made in the podcast was it's not working for men what they've been Mm -hmm. doing yeah they might have and again similar to your story Shelley you might have had this perceived success but at the detriment of other areas of your life mm-hmm. I think probably a lot of people in corporate would say the same thing mm-hmm. so rather than women trying to emulate that and reach the top and then realize god this isn't all it's cracked up mm-hmm. to be <laughs> it's trying to just like think out the box it start with a blank sheet of paper and think if we had to build this from scratch what would it look mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. rather than you know let's take what's what's broken and not working for for people that are in those positions I just think I find the whole thing so fascinating mm-hmm. um but do you mainly work with women no I actually okay. it's probably it is it is main at the moment um it's mainly it's probably about 75 25 so right. because and do you know what I think a big factor of that is is that I have not um, use my LinkedIn since I left. Mm. <laughs> I have been focused. I, I and I did that intentionally because my whole career previously was all LinkedIn, 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 and I just thought, oh my god, no! I just wanted to understand and figure out a new platform. So all of mine has been word of mouth, and it's been through Instagram. Mm. And you know, it's mainly um, well, my main connections are women. So a lot of it has been through Instagram. But this year, I will be. Um, I'll be announcing on LinkedIn pretty soon I think so I think that will that will shift the the balance but yeah it's about 75 25 I love working um with men as well coaching men um because my team my team was a lot of the in the early years was mainly men because the recruitment Mm. industry um it was very balanced towards the end but I've I've had two male um co-directors and the managers, associates, all the guys, yeah, lots of guys under me, loved working with them as well. And 
there's it, it, different things come up, you know, um, but there is, you know, I, I um, don't want anyone to think that I'm saying, oh, the women are the more conscious ones and the men are the, you know, it's, it's, it's the society at the societal level. It, we have been kind of mass, it's been that masculine energy that's dominated, mm. but there is an amazing wave of male conscious leaders coming, coming through the ranks and they, they want to do things differently and they want to learn how can I lead? Because they're just a product of the system as well. You know, the sensitive man, you know, has, has he been allowed to, to progress through the ranks, you know? Mm. So it's, it's not, not even down to the gender the, the men have had to tough it out like the women have you know mm -hmm. and it hasn't worked it's not working for any of us because burnout yeah. is rife you mm. know in these corporates so it's these you know the the men that I coach they're like they really want to move into this more intuitive space but they are just they want to understand how just as much as the the women who yeah. want to to strengthen this this ability nice yeah I love that I thought you'd have a take on that it's fascinating <laughs> Um, I was going to circle right back to, mm. to something you said earlier about needing to toughen up and losing a bit of yourself in that kind of corporate space and being in London. Yeah. If you could go back and do it all again, what would the younger Shell do? Would she go into recruitment in London or have you ever thought about that? What's the... Oh wow! Yeah, I've just, you know just, <laughs> just thrown this at you. This wasn't a pre-planned no, question, so no. I just just fascinate <laughs> me. You're all good. Um, my phone falling over. Um, great question. Do you know what I think it is? Have you ever heard of Mo Gaudet? Mm -hmm. Okay, so Mo Gaudet always talks about the eraser test, mm -hmm. and the eraser test is: Would you erase that? you know it can usually be around a traumatic event or a you know would you erase that thing that is causing you pain or that particular thing that caused me to toughen up and absolutely not not in a million years do you know what I because I was probably look I studied law before that and I think it started there I was like oh my god you know I'm good I think I started toughening up ever before recruitment because I realized life was hard you know so and I'm the type of person like I could see a little granny and granddad holding hands walking down the street and I'll well up with tears that's the level of sensitivity that we're talking so if I hadn't toughened up a bit like mm. I wouldn't be able to leave the house kind of thing so so I think that was the journey I had to take you know and oh my god I loved London I still love London um mm. I was there what 14 years and although I, I wouldn't go back to recruitment now for for any money just because I'm just so far gone the other side I loved that industry, Nicola. I loved it. I just, I couldn't believe that someone was going to pay me to chat to people and get them a job. And then everyone was happy at the end of the day. You know, the clients were delighted with you. The can I just, I loved it. And of course I had my tough years and I overworked and I put too much pressure on myself. And I said, yes, I had very poor boundaries. I said yes to too much work. If there was extra to be done, I always felt, I think I felt undeserving to be totally honest. I felt undeserving to be there. So then I overcompensated, um, on a number, you know, um, a number of different projects and really like looking back I didn't even know the word burnout or I didn't even know the word you know probably you know ambitiously tense but I would wake up and I'd be doing my to-do list in the middle of the night and I thought that was normal you know but in saying all of that I couldn't all roads lead to Rome I could not be here 
like I love my job. I love the business I'm running, the clients I'm working with. I can't believe I'm now at the stage I was like when I was 24, but I can't believe I'm getting paid for this. Are you kidding me? You know, and um, that's where I'm at. And if I hadn't gone through that sort of that fire of London and that, you know, all that kind of I see that as really my ego journey. I had big fish to fry. I wanted to prove something to myself. I wanted to make my family proud. Like there were so many things, you know, when you do the work and you, you start examining your, your processes and I absolutely had to do it. I wouldn't change it for the world. And you know what? In 14 years, I probably only had about, I'd say a total of 12 months in the 14 years where I wasn't happy. And that would have been a couple of months here, a couple of months there. And actually the depth of my sort of dissatisfaction in the role would have been 2016 which actually then initiated me reaching out to Ali to be my business coach which then set the the ball rolling for me becoming a coach myself so I mean it's one of those things you know that I had a particularly difficult month and if I hadn't had that would we be here now having this conversation and the truth is we wouldn't, you know, unless it had come around another way. So it just it really helped me realize that through the tough times, something amazing, you're going to track this back and you're going to think, oh, my God, this beautiful thing that's happening right now could not be had that other thing happened, you know, not happened five or 10 years ago. So, no, yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't change it for the world. London was very good to me and recruitment was very good to me it taught me a lot um and I wouldn't be able for it now just because I don't think I have the, the right driver energy for it you know that I had in in my 20s you know but um yeah I, I'm very glad of the journey I took I love all that I, I thought you'd unpack that pretty well Shell, because the thing that I that I struggle with sometimes is thinking about it's similar very different sector and very different um I suppose kind of corporate life but same sort of thing I I knew at school I wanted to help people and I thought well that means I have to go and do medicine wasn't clever enough to go and do medicine and then ended up going to study another science degree at uni did forensic science got a bit lost didn't know what I wanted to do ended up in a job in sport and that's set me on my path for the next 10 years and I sometimes wonder if we were empowering younger people to discover who they are and what's important to them at a younger age, whether more people would change paths earlier in their life and get more years of that real aligned, fulfilled, joyful. Actually, from what you just said and reflecting on my own journey, the path does teach you everything you need to know to then go and live the life you want to live, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's It teaches you resilience. It teaches you, you know or just brings other people into your life that you wouldn't meet. So I do kind of in, in a bit of conflict about which the right approach is, but I think it's um, res resilience is that underlying sort of skill set that, you you know, no matter what path you end up on, if you're resilient enough, you'll come out the other end of it. Mm -hmm. I think it's Mel Robbins that talks about, um, you know, everything in life is you know, teaching as a lesson or bringing a person into our life. And there's always a purpose for things. I do like that approach and that view of, of the world. Um, but yeah, I love that story. I love it. <laughs> Amazing. So did you. The, you were saying, so 2016 was quite a pivotal year then when you met Ali. Did you kind of dive right in? You know, because I know you, there's lots of, um, when you talk about mind, body and soul, there'll be lots of practices, mm -hmm. some of, you know, um, 
I suppose, yeah, I suppose self-care or, or that kind of soul practices that I, mm-hmm. I'm aware of some of them that you do and I'm going to get onto the, the ice water <laughs> in a second. Um, but was that the sort of start of, of your whole journey, 2016? Did you dive into lots of things at that point or? No, it was, I think, like anything, we have our gateway, you know, and I, I look, I've always been... Um, you know, I, I alluded it to at, at one point in the conversation that when I was little, I was, you know, very sensitive and religious. Like I loved God, you know, so I've actually always had a real, I suppose, spiritual mm. curiosity. Um, You know, when when I was so small, it was so strong. Um, But you know what? I lost it. It wasn't cool as a teenager. Um, I went I went to a convent school. So it was like rebel against the nuns, you know, and rebel against religion. And then all the you know, there was a lot of things going on in the in the media and the news and revelations. So I completely disconnected from um, religion. And that was the only version of spiritual mm. connection that we had, right? Back in, what, the 90s, let's be honest, there wasn't, you know, in rural Ireland, there wasn't, you know, you couldn't be spiritually connected without being religious. We did not know another way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I just disconnected. I literally did not think of the soul aspect. I didn't think about God. I didn't think about universe. People weren't using that kind of language back in the day. I wasn't, you know, you weren't sending gratitude. You were only praying if something terrible was happening, you know, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you were calling on God. But I had just cut the line I'd cut the line of communication there and then whatever it was in 20 um 2015 2016 just this sort of consciousness started creeping in and just this awareness and you know what it's like Nicola that's not pleasant you know so like I often say to my clients ignorance is bliss Mm. And bliss is bliss. But this part here, this is the shitty middle. And this is where we are now. So I had gone from a sort of an ignorance is bliss place. And then all of a sudden I just started this sensitivity that I had been denying and blocking off and disconnecting to started just showing up again. And I wasn't really sure what to do with it. And I started feeling like, what am I doing in this job? What am I doing making all this money? What am I doing? you know, like in sales, you're always, you know, you're almost weaponizing a gift, you know, and I knew I'm good with people. And I've just found, you know, I had the ability to make someone take a job that I was working versus another job that they were also looking at. I had the ability because of my rapport building and my sales skills. And and I just thought this doesn't feel good anymore. Actually, Mm -hmm. that other job could be better for them. And I, because of that connection and the skills that I've got, and do you know what? And I had been doing it for years, but all of a sudden I felt, I felt quite sick about what I was doing, even though it wasn't bad, but I just knew that I was almost weaponizing a gift. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that year was really disruptive for me. I kind of did not know, but yes, I was very attached to the role, to the title, to the success. I had this huge team. I just hired six people. I had all this pressure and goals. And I just thought, I don't really know what to do with myself. I'm living, I felt like I was living a little bit of a lie. So it was just, you know, this consciousness came in and all of a sudden I just looked at my life and I could see my own behaviors. I could see my own bullshit, excuse my language. And that was the year, that pivotal year. And then Ali had just started his business and little things were popping up and I'm like, oh God, okay, nobody's talking like this, but this resonates. And um, I had known Ali um, from maybe 
six years earlier, but, you know, would like have contact the odd time, but just always thought he was a great guy. And we ended up doing coaching together. And it was like, all of a sudden I had this permission to feel fully. I had someone listening to me. I had been supporting my team for years and, you know, they, the, the co-directors, they weren't bad guys, but they weren't able to hold space for someone at any level, really, you know, at an emotional level. So all of this pressure, it didn't go anywhere. It was just, I was like a, a Coke bottle that was just ready to, to, to fizz all over the place. And all of a sudden I had someone at a kind of a business level, but also at a personal level who could just hear me out and just, oh my God, I cried a lot. I cried a lot in those sessions, but it, um, I could see the power of it. And I just, said to Ali after maybe I'd say we must have done 10 or 12 sessions I said I really I I need to know how you do what you do I want to be able to bring this to my team because it had helped me immeasurably I changed as a leader I became a kinder more compassionate more fun I remembered I was like oh my god I used to be brilliant at this job because I was so much fun I had completely forgotten that I was a fun human you know what I mean I had let the pressure and the I always say, I don't even know if it's a phrase, but I just call it ambitious tension when you're so driven, but you're tense. There was no flow. It was just rigidity and panic and fear. And I just managed to move back into a place of fun and love. And um, yeah, just and at the time, I didn't have the holistic word or, you know, I wasn't using body, mind and soul. You know, all of this came later, but I started being more myself. And remembering who I was and just leading from that place rather than the leader that I thought I had to be this tough sort of, you know, um, autocratic, you know, strictly because that wasn't me, you know, and it changed our business. Everything got better um, and more enjoyable. And I was ready to quit the job in 2016 and I stayed there four more years and had the best four years of my career. And our business had the best four years of growth and just yeah just enjoyment it was just oh, it, was, it was lovely it was lovely because yeah. <laughs> before that I doubt you know I really wasn't leading to the best of my abilities and I was an unconscious leader you know I was an unconscious leader who started becoming conscious and didn't know what to do with it and then thankfully through coaching I came out the other side and that's why I trained as a coach because it's, it's so powerful as you know yourself mm. Nicola it's such powerful work yeah yeah I love Oh, Shelling, you would dive into loads of good stuff. I love what you said about um, the the leader that you thought you had to be. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's a lot of people out there and almost, you know, dare I say it, like school informs our early behaviours, doesn't it? But there's a lot of fitting round pegs into square holes. Yeah. So we, lo- you know, like you described, we lose bits of ourselves to do the job or be in that relationship or show up as that family member and we let go of of parts of our authentic self, and that's one of the bits with the, the framework I work through with clients is is finding that stuff again. Is actually do you actually know who you are? You know, and I ask myself that question to myself all the time, and it fascinates me where it takes me. But um, and what a what a testimony to actually live in your authentic self to say, well, it was the best four years of my career. The business did amazing because we stepped into who we're meant to be not who we think we're meant to be in and almost being that kind of robot form in society it's yeah oh god I love that you mentioned earlier mm-hmm. about journaling and I'd love to mm-hmm. get your take on this I know you've been doing some cold water therapy I've been following, I have <laughs> I've been following your journey 
but did that all come after 2016 as well all the kind of the practices mm. that help you I suppose embody that what what does that look like yes and I'm so sorry I went off on a tangent oh you're all good real, I didn't even answer that question so basically that was the gateway the coaching was the gateway and then you know through that it opened up yoga and okay. then through yoga then that opened up breath work now I used to be the type of person uh, Nicola, I do yoga and I would do it on my lunch break and I would skip the Shavasana. I'd be like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to be lying around. That's my favorite bit. That's I my favorite. No, it is the best, but I didn't understand it. I was, but I had to do power yoga to start with because mm. I'm like, oh, the yoga, for God's sake, this isn't a workout. I haven't even sweated. I thought it was utterly pointless, you know, but I wanted at the same time, I was like, I understand that yoga is supposed to help me. It's supposed to help me, you know, my body, my mind, all the rest. And I honestly, really, it took about a year before finally something clicked. And now I am actually a trained yoga teacher. So that takes you, shows you the journey there. But yoga began out of necessity. Mm. Getting a coach began out of necessity, you know, and then um, through, as you say, this necessity, then all of a sudden there's this these chinks of light that come through and you're like, OK, that felt a bit better. OK, maybe I'll stay for the Shavasana. Oh, I can see the benefit of that. Okay, and then then all of a sudden you start listening to the music in the yoga class and that it opens, I love music, and it opened up this whole world of new music, you know, especially like indigenous music and tribal and oh, just, just ancient, ancient beats as well. And there was something that was like this remembering. I just, you're, once you have the gateway and that can start through a yoga class or you meet an amazing person or a coach or a friend and all of a sudden it's like you're pulling this little golden thread you know and the yoga class then led to the breath work so I did um, I mean breath work is super popular now and everyone's chatting about breath work but back in again 2017 it was Stu um Stu also mindful for mindful talent and um, he's got breath pods so when he was starting out his business I was at those classes you know um and you know doing breath work and having amazing amazing profound experiences um mm -hmm. almost like a, a sort of a, a psychedelic experience outer body where I wasn't even thinking and answers were coming through so these things that you read and you think oh for god what is this rubbish that people are talking about these answers just dropped in and this just dropped in you just it's what utter nonsense you're like really really this was the sort of mindset I had and although I was open and you know spiritually curious I didn't believe that these things could happen you know but when we get out of the mind and into the body oh my god the clarity and the answers that can come and the yeah, just the, the the beauty and the calm and the peace. So, you know, it all, it, yeah, bit by bit. So then it would be breath work. And then, you know, through traveling, I would do, I'm very curious, I'm very open-minded. So, you know, I've sat in ceremony with, with shamans in, in, in Mexico and in, in Africa. And I've, you know, I've traveled the world to, to go to retreats and, you know, it's all, um, it's all connected. It's all down to sort of expansion and expanding my own awareness and um, trying to, you know, pull back the layers of myself so that I can sit, I suppose, with whether it's a friend or whether it's with a client or whether it's with you now and try, you know, be as much soul and as little ego as I can be. And mm. I still have a very long way to go, but I'm, I'm getting there, you know, and 
it's um yeah it's an amazing journey once you start it um I mean you you just yeah you just keep rolling with it don't you so it's yeah I'm into all sorts I love earthing I love you know um forest bathing um obviously the coaching is very healing breath work meditation yoga um, and as you alluded to earlier the the cold water therapy has been a big player in my life mm. these, these last you know nearly yeah about 12 months really I've been taking that very seriously um, oh it's amazing I, I love that you um that you shared that in and we're really clear about the journey and I love that thought about the golden thread because it doesn't sometimes I think it can be so overwhelming when you see there's mm. lots of options out there and that kind of um if you were having like a glossary or a um a menu of practices and techniques and tools that you can pull from it can be overwhelming for people where mm-hmm. where do you even start to have to do all of this to have to do that with that but I love that you just said you know you started with coaching and then it went into yoga and then bread you know and it's evolved over time and like you say once you start there, there's no mm-hmm. there's no end destination is there there's always another layer to peel back and or a new practice or a new technique to to give a bash but mm-hmm. I think I always say to to clients and people that are listening is to find what what lights you up I think for years I was doing some practices but again a bit like you were doing in the yoga ticking a box like I just need to go yes. and do this thing I need to sit and meditate or I need to visualize or I need to say affirmations but I'd, I wasn't connecting to it it wasn't it still wasn't aligned mm-hmm. I think it's it's a there's a bit of trial and error I think as you go on that journey and find what what really lights you up and that, that's your a non-negotiable like kind of practice that you want to take take with you mm-hmm. but the the cold water stuff like Shell hats off to you because <laughs> the temperatures and conditions that you've been out in and the way you documented your story I'll, I'll share your um your handle and stuff and all the show notes and people go and go and find out because you did a really cool reel with like all the different days mm-hmm. and all your funky and wild outfits I loved it <laughs> um and I've I've cold water and and me don't get on very well I'm a very cold person I've been in the sea once and I've tried the odd cold shower but what is it about the cold because I get a bit like you're saying about breath work wasn't a thing back in 2016-17 mm-hmm. and now it's really heightened it's everywhere cold water exposure is a bit like that and I don't know if it's the mm-hmm. Wim Hof effect that everyone has heard about it and everyone's given it a bash mm-hmm. what's the what's the benefit of cold water exposure oh, oh my god there's so many so I, I guess yeah the Wim Hof effect for sure I mean mm. he I'm such an admirer of his and I think he's doing incredible work and I think he has he is using his gifts you know this big personality and this you know he has put himself through it so everything is it's backed you know he's that I think he's a perfect um overlay of science and spirituality you know and I think it's so important to because I believe that they're not opposing at all I love science I love spirituality and I feel like they're both messengers of the same it's the same message but just from from a different angle and different languages are being used and I think Wim Hof is is a great guy because I think we still as as humans we chase evidence you know we want facts we want data um so just to to believe without facts it feels um people think it's it's folly you know um but Anyway, with Wim Hof, I mean, he, for anyone who doesn't know him, um, it's definitely worth linking him in your show notes, mm. but he is an advocate for um, 
or cold water therapy and uh, you know alternating as well with 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 hot you know hot and cold therapy so a mixture of um, you know, also using saunas as well. Um, but I do not have a sauna here, sadly, but I do have um, an, a tub. Um, it's, it's actually from a Scottish business um, called The Soul Hub, who are amazing. And basically what happened was I am landlocked where, where I am in, in Ireland. And if I was to go, I love, I'm not a particularly strong swimmer. Um, so, but I, so I wouldn't be bashing the waves or surfing or anything like that, but I loved the feeling of going into the ocean. And this is only a very recent thing. I always feared the ocean. I didn't love, I look at me, Nicola, I'm wearing two jumpers. I've got a big iron sweater on me. You guys can't see. I've got a beanie, a blanket on my lap and an iron sweater. I am not a warm, you know what I mean? Like I love coziness. I love being warm. And but there was something about the discomfort of going into this cold water, doing something that you don't want to do. You know, you're looking at it and the water's coming in and it's bubbling around your feet and you can feel the shock going up through your body. And you just think, what in the name of God am I doing here? You know, but because I had driven an hour and a half to get there. There was no way I was going to turn around and not get into that water, you know, and me and my friends would make a day of it and we would head over and we would go in. And honestly, it was like you had just been rebirthed, you know, and you'd go in and you might wet the head every day, you know, but once you got brave enough to get the head under as well and just the aliveness, you just feel so alive. It's the only way to experience it. (laughs) Excuse me. And the long and short of it was I just thought, oh, my God, I really wish I could do this more. And next thing I saw, you have to love the algorithm at times. But Instagram then obviously read my mind as it tends to do. Yeah. And up, up flashed the soul hub tub. Mm-hmm. And I thought, what is this? This looks amazing. And it's just a small little tub. It's like um, I'm not even sure what fabric it's made of, but you can basically put it together in less than five minutes. You fill it up with water and it fits if you, you you just pop into it. I put ice in it. I don't have to do the ice in this weather because it's minus two at the moment. Um, and I just started doing these dips and it was March of last year. I had only launched, the, just launched the business. And in a moment of madness, I actually don't even know how this happened, but I it was outer body, but I somehow found myself agreeing on Instagram that I was going to do a dip every day in March and I was going to record my efforts and I was going to make reels. Now, I had never made a reel in my life. So I, you know, I'm of the older generation. Reels were not a thing, but I understood it is important for me to tackle making reels for my business. So I had a double whammy there. I was mm-hmm. making reels and I was doing my eye steps. So for the full month of March, this madness occurred where I was doing dips, <clears throat> making reels publishing it on my page and it was honestly it was so scary because I was like I'm just I'm showing up in a swimsuit you know on on my Instagram I was you know I'd barely even used Instagram before having this business so the amount of fears I had to overcome in showing up anyway was there and then the cold water and then making reason so it just it was the biggest journey and that that ice bath honestly you know, at a, at a, that was a sort of a very personal account, but for someone doing, um, you know, ice, ice bathing, or they are curious about it, 
Um, it is beneficial at every level, you know, for the body, you know, for your cardiovascular system, uh, for your nervous system regulation, for the mind. My God, the clarity you are. It is like having four shots of espresso after you get out of that. But you are so awake. Um, you sleep better um, at a physical level. And, you know, I always joke to people, but I call it the schmug factor in Ireland. You'd say, oh, God, you're fierce schmug, you know, if someone is feeling smug and proud of themselves. And I said that alone will keep you going for the day because you're so you've overcome something difficult. You know, the first thing in the morning is always the best place to do it. And you are just you physically feel better, mentally feel better, emotionally feel better. And I think spiritually feel better. Like it really is for the sake of three minutes. There's no other one thing that I feel can have so much impact in such a short length of time. And it really helped my business as well, Nicola, like which was an unexpected, unexpected side effect. But all of a sudden people are going, God, who is that nutter? What is she doing? And I ended up connecting with some really beautiful clients who loved sea swimming or who were interested in cold water bathing, but hadn't yet done it. And all of a sudden they just saw this person doing something on repeat, committing to it, overcoming their fears, and yeah, and it was just it was just amazing. And I've continued to do it um, all of this year. So I'm going to miss it because I'm, I'm heading away soon. So I'm just I'm doing another 30 days for January um, or well, 27 while I'm here. And um, yeah, it's it's incredible. But if you go to the Reels tab on my Instagram, there are loads and loads of Reels. There's benefits. I discuss body, mind, soul, all the science. It is all there so that I'm not kind of going too much into it today. No, I love that. And you were saying about earlier when we were chatting about the, the corporate world, about the head and the heart. It's almost like mm -hmm. mirrors that science and spirit, spirit, spirituality. I can't even say it properly. There we go. <laughs> um, but it is. It's, it's the, the combination, isn't it? The, is there like anything and this I'm going to wrap up with this because I'm conscious mm. of your time but um always find it interesting of like finding what works for you and I'm mm. in this place at the moment where I understand all the benefits of cold water exposure and loads of loads of other practices I'm just not taking the plunge and I'm not even <laughs> not even going to apologize for the pun um <laughs> But I had seen some people say, but obviously with your nervous system and it can, for some people, it can over, like mm. overly stimulate. Is that the case? You know, is it, is it right for everyone or is there a caution to be had? Or Yeah, absolutely. I think with everything, you know, you have to um, be aware of your own health. Mm. I think if you've got any heart issues, you know, like anything, you would not think of changing your lifestyle drastically or changing your medication, changing anything. If you've got, um, a, you know, an underlying health issue, I would always discuss these, you know, with your, with your GP or, you know, someone in the know. You need to, um, I, you need to do trial and error as well. Mm. You know, this isn't going to suit everyone. You know, so there's opposing um, conversations happening around the nervous system regulation. Wim Hof would say, because, because what is how, I think the word is hormesis is, which is um, sort of almost positive intentional stress. So when we okay. push our body into hormesis, I hope I've got that word right. It means that we are in control of that stress, you know, when we're in the ice bath. So we are naturally getting stressed even now after all the experience. I have my breath will still go, oh, you know, my body will react to that breath. But then it's down to me to use my breath work to consciously calm the nervous system. So it does take practice. It takes time. Um, but by by training my nervous system to be, I guess, um, responsive, you know, we don't want a nervous system that's always on. You know, I always imagine it like um 
the gears in a car, you mm. know, people think, oh, you know, we want a nervous system that's just always calm, cool and collected. You know, that's, a, you know, cruising around using third gear. And actually, you know, it's not. We, we need to be able to be first, second, third, fourth fifth reverse we need to be able to do the full range and we need to have a nervous system that's expansive and responsive and relevant to what's happening in the moment um you know because that full range like our range of emotions is there for a reason but what's what happens is that we are in the wrong state at the wrong time you know we're in fight or flight when actually it's just an email that's popped through we're in fight or flight when actually someone's just like bips their horn at us you know at the traffic lights and it's about having a nervous system that is in the right state and you know Wim Hof would say that this allows that to happen because we're almost we're calming it by using our breath so we're showing that we can control the nervous system um and then you know but we are also we are stressing it intentionally stressing it as well now look there are people who will understand this much much better i am not a scientist i am just someone who is picking up information where i can but also i'm more rather than theoretical at a practical level I know the benefits it's personally had for me and I know the benefits it's had for clients of mine who've tried it and lots of connections who've reached out and then for other people it simply does not make them feel good and it's not just because they're not able for it or they're not hardcore it doesn't work with their nervous system as you've said so I think it is definitely um it needs to be individualized I think you need to be intuitive and you need to not be a battler you know if it's really making you miserable don't just go with the trend and but I agree like I agree with that notion for everything if you hate running don't run run. yeah you know if you hate yoga and you find it dull as ditch water don't do yoga you know um you know everyone's journey I, I would always say give something a go two or three times three times give it a go three times and see what happens but I don't life is too short to hate what we're doing we can mm. be healthy and if your movement is dancing or salsa or whatever it doesn't matter but do something that you love do something you enjoy and if the idea of cold water um intrigues you give it a go but if it absolutely horrifies you don't bother you know because it's quite trendy now as well and look I am very glad that I pushed through with it um because it, it wasn't easy for me um to to start out with the sea but it, you know it's look it's not for everyone it's not for everyone you know <laughs> and that's yeah. okay as well I think you're bang on and I would echo that and share that that thought process of yeah give everything a bash but I think there's a lot of people there's a lot of noise a bit like we're saying earlier about the echo chamber online about people saying do this do that based on their own experience which is amazing but you have to bring in that trial of error and know whether or trial and error and know whether it feels good to you and if it doesn't yeah it's almost more empowering to walk away than it is yeah. to, to, to hold out and keep going yeah absolutely shell thanks so much for that we've um we've covered loads of ground i've absolutely loved having you on and um yeah just thanks for sharing all your wisdom and insight and some of those like vulnerable shares and really being honest with your story and your journey it's yeah really inspiring and uh, thank you so much oh thank you so much for having me it's been lovely catching up thank you so much for listening i really hope you enjoyed that episode and make sure you subscribe and follow the podcast so that next week you can join us again